Hello, this is Mona Tonchev, past president of NCSM, and welcome to the NCSM podcast, Learning with Leaders, the Reset, Renew, Restore series. Join me and my co-host, John Sangiovanni, as we sit down and have conversations with emerging and established leaders about how we can reset for the upcoming school year. Listen as we talk to mathematics leaders who can help us think about resetting what has become status quo these past few years. We will learn about their inspiration, perceptions, insights, and perspective. Listeners, fellow mathematics leaders, if you feel like current math instructional practices or student learning seems stuck or stalled, it's time to hit reset. Hello, everyone. I am Mona Tanchef, and welcome to the NCSM podcast, Learning with Leaders. We have a special edition to the Reset, Renew, Restore series this month. We are releasing five tidbits, podcasts, mini podcasts, highly highlighting the newest NCSM publication, Culturally Relevant Leadership in Mathematics Education. That's right, Mona. These are tidbits or bite-sized podcasts, um, and they're an appetizer <laughs> for the landmark NCSM publication, um, well, and a taste of some great work featured in the NCSM Annual in Anaheim. And, oh, by the way, listeners, if you haven't, now is the time to register. Uh, for that annual conference in September. And um, while you're at it, you should register a colleague and, and maybe another colleague. So that would be great. Um, with us today, Mona, I'm so excited to talk to these two, is Natalie Christ. Natalie is a senior manager of content development with the Math Learning Center and teaches undergraduate content and method courses, as well as graduate math education courses at Towson University and McDaniel College here in Maryland. Natalie has been in public education for 25 years, starting her career in California, teaching bilingual students, and most recently, working in Baltimore County Public Schools in Maryland. She's served in a variety of roles, from classroom teacher to coordinator of mathematics, to math specialist, to school principal, and she's even co-authored a chapter of Playground Prejudice in a soon-to-be-released book, Upper Elementary Mathematics Lessons to Explore, Understand, and Respond to Social Justice. Oh, and one more thing about Natalie, she is the web editor extraordinaire for NCSM. And so um, we thank her for all of that work. We also have with us today, Georgina Rivera, who I fondly call Gina. Um, she is NCSM's current second vice president. Um, she is also a principal in a pre-K through uh, grade five school in West Hartford, Connecticut. She's previously served as the elementary STEM supervisor for Bristol Public Schools district-wide elementary math coach, and she began her career as a middle school math teacher. She has also co-authored, um, I believe, two books, uh, Math by the Book for Grade 1, and then Answers to Your Biggest Questions about Teaching Elementary Mathematics. She's participated on several NCSM writing teams as well, and we are just so grateful for her expertise because she is also a presenter at local and national levels on best practices in mathematics, really focusing in on culturally relevant practices and equitable math teaching practices. So we are excited that we've got Gina and Natalie with us today. Thank you for having us. We're so happy to be here. Yes, thank you. All right, well, again, thank you. And after those uh, great introductions, let's just jump into this. Our current series is about how math leaders need to hit the reset button for the coming school year. Now we've heard from Paul Gray about the overview of the new book. Um, tell us about your roles in this important work. 
So uh, one of the things that we did as part of the project uh, was look at the tasks from great tasks and really update those and bring them into uh, our current uh, project around equity um, and social justice. And when we updated those tasks, it was really about thinking how we can take what's there from the mathematics standpoint and then change it so that it really honors the students that are sitting in front of us. So I agree. Um, I was lucky enough to work with Natalie on a task together. We worked on one of the elementary tasks and it, it was interesting because it was not only the work of changing the task, but then how do we actually show that thinking and share it with leaders? Like what type of thinking and what types of questions do you use when you look at a task and you want to change it to be more culturally relevant or you want to move it towards a more social justice type task? So that was part of the role is like, getting on pen on paper like what are we actually thinking about when we change a task so that was an important part the other important part um i would say i spent a lot of time on was and i talked about this and i will talk about this more and advocate but it's really about the research um, i spend a lot of time researching culturally relevant practices i wanted to honor the work that had been done previously and really tie it into this one book for math leaders so they'd have one place to really go. And I think that was a pivotal piece is like, how do I take all this work and honor it in one place and then really position leaders so they have a tool that they could use with their teachers or with their coaches to help understand this work and how we do this in schools. That's exciting. I think about like the idea of modifying tasks and making them more relevant and and reflective of our students and their culture is so important in so many ways. I mean, we think about empower, right? That is something we want to do. We want to empower teachers uh, to, to do that work. Yeah, and today what we're doing on this podcast is really focusing in on that first guiding principle, which is empower. And you both were contributors on the chapter of the empower guiding principle. So tell the listeners about how the leadership actions in the empower guiding principle are connected to the framework for leadership in math education that came out in 2020 from NCSM. So um, as a team, we really looked at the original framework for mathematics and thought, how do we push ourselves to really look at it from a culturally relevant point of view? So for example, in Empower, we really talked about examining beliefs. But when we looked at that, we said, well, how do we make that more culturally relevant? And we really tied it to identity agency and having positive self-efficacy. So we brought it one step further. And it's not just about the identity and agency of our students, but it's also about the teachers that we lead, the principals that we work with, do they really understand this work? So that was one piece. A second piece of the framework was really looking at reflection and refinement but we tied it to cultural competence because we know that really great math leaders have to be culturally competent. When we look at the work of Gloria Laston Billings, she defines as cultural competence as being competent in one culture. So really understanding yourself and at least one other. So if you think about that work, I've really got to spend time understanding someone else's culture and not just their surface culture, which is like traditions and their foods that they like, but deep culture. What are their ways of being? How do they learn? Um, do they want to be in community or do they work alone? Those are critical pieces. And for the third one, I'll hand it off to Natalie so she could talk about the third essential action and how it's really tied to the framework. 
So um, just piggybacking on uh, what Gina was saying, uh, that leadership action three, really thinking about our community partnerships and our families that we work with, um, it's really important to honor um, the culture within our community um, and really get to know our students and our families and what our community values. And that also means bringing in um, community uh, leaders, as well as local universities, businesses, and so forth. Yeah, so as you talk about that, you make me, as you both talk about that, you make me think about actions, right? And actions that leaders take to, to empower um, others, um, other leaders and teachers and community members. So a question that I have for you is what actions can leaders take after reading this part of the book? So I think part of it is uh, where you're seated as a leader, um, whether you're in a school system position or whether you were in a school. So um, those decisions that you make are really part of that job dependency piece. Um, if at, from a system perspective, as a system leader, one of the things that uh, as a coordinator of math that I would be thinking about is how can I engage the larger community um, and bring in uh, people from different groups within the community, like as I said before, like university partnerships, as well as business partners and community um, leaders as well, and really have conversations around what our community values, bringing in the voice of families as well into that, and students so that it is a collective unit um, and that you can gather all of the information that is necessary to make the decisions that are in the best interest of students and the community at large. That's nice. Gina, did have any actions yeah, that you were thinking about that you would add to that? So I would just say, if I was just to say like an overall add-on, the idea of empower, the actions that you want to take is you want to, you can only empower people that you truly know. So if you look at the actions in this book, it's really tied to getting to know the people that you're working with students, staff, families, and community. Because when you know them well, then you can empower them to not only um, help make decisions, like we wanna bring them to the decision-making table, but also build an understanding about what is excellent mathematics instruction. I think what the framework does is it really talks about, like one example that stood out to me is like the idea of family and not always bringing family to us, but we go to the families, we go to the communities and we find out what math are they doing? How can we bring it into our classrooms? And how do we really develop a, an understanding as leaders as to what they need? You know, many times we center ourselves as leaders, but the, the book really decenters all of us and really centers students and stakeholders and communities and families in a way that I haven't really seen in other publications. And that's what it really means to empower people is get to know them and put them in positions where they're making important decisions about the way mathematics is taught at every level. Uh, thank you guys. It was, it was interesting, Natalie, you mentioned something about if you're a system leader. Well, we all know that leaders come in many different, have different roles. And I know that you both have different roles as leaders in mathematics education. So as a math leader, how do you see this book helping you in your work? So 
Um, I'm guessing we're going to hear this throughout the series, but one of the things that I think that the book does well is it brings many tools to the leaders that they could use within their professional learning communities, they could use with their teachers, their coaches, that to, we can really reflect so they can reflect on their practices. So throughout the book, you're going to see tools about looking at cultural competence and beliefs and how you engage in community. And what's nice is it looks at it from multiple perspectives. As you go through the book, you're going to see exactly what Natalie talked about. You know, as a systems person, this is what you need to be thinking about. If you're a principal, these are things that you can be thinking about. So that's where I think this book has a lot of strengths. And when we got feedback from the reviewers, that was one of the things they pointed out, that this book really not only brings information to leaders about what does it mean to be culturally relevant, but here are the tools you can use with the people that you serve to help bring understanding around what it means to be culturally relevant as a leader. So that's like one really important thing that I think the book does well. Just building on what Gina is uh, sharing around um, how this book can be utilized, there's so many possibilities for it. Um, I see it uh, in the courses that I teach at the colleges. I think with new and emerging leaders uh, and new teachers, it's really important for them to develop these skills early on and to really understand that it's not just about teaching the content, it's about teaching the students and understanding your students. And so I see it um, being able to be used in multiple venues, but I'm most excited about that because I feel like it can be really helpful to train our future leaders. Yeah, without a doubt, those are great points from both of you. And um, you know, it made me think about my work as a math leader, and I'm sure Mona as well, and, and really all of our leaders who are listening. So we're at the beginning of the school year for most districts, uh, or for most of our listeners. And, and one last question I have for you is, how do you see empowerment playing out over the course of the school year? So um, I have maybe two thoughts on that. The first one is the idea of empowerment talks a lot about math identity. And so at the beginning of the school year, I would say an important action that leaders can take is with their teams, first of all, find out about the math identity of the teachers that you work with, because some teachers have a very strong identity and see themselves as really good math teachers and mathematicians, where some teachers kind of struggle with that. So I think it's important to do that work with your teachers. I just recently, you know, did a similar question with some staff members that I work with, and it's very interesting. Some people identify themselves as math people and some people don't. But then over the year, it's important that we then ask our students. So when we work with our students, are we attending to their identity and are we doing things that um, will help build their identity? For example, um, empower them in the classroom, center their strategies, build upon their strengths. And so I see the work of empowerment as something that's gonna last a whole entire school career, to be honest, but it's going to be the whole school year because you're constantly attending to that identity. And one of the things we recommend in the book is measuring that. So through surveys, what are students saying about their identity? And that's really the work of empowering. But I would say from a leadership point of view, we're also going to ask our teachers, how do you feel about your identity and, and how do you feel about teaching math? Do you feel like you're getting better? Are we building upon your strengths? Is the coaching that you're getting really helping you grow and helping you in, incorporate culturally relevant practices? So I really think, John, it's not like a one and done thing. It's like continuous improvement over time, just like cultural competence. You're never done. 
You're never done with becoming culturally competent and you're never done with working on your identity because it's constantly changing. The question is, what are we doing to cultivate a positive one for each and every one of our students? That's fantastic. And strikes so many chords with me. Natalie, are there any thoughts that you wanted to add to that? I, I, I will say Gina said that so eloquently. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, you know, what I what I will just add is that part of that empowerment is understanding your beliefs about yourself and your math abilities, uh, as well as just who you are and where you fit in um, with the larger community. Um, I th really think it's it's important for teachers to have an, a good identity um, around mathematics so that they can then um, really support their students in building their identities. Um, and so I think I, I'm thinking about this upcoming semester, I'm teaching an, an algebra one course for elementary teachers. And um, we all know that algebra is not something that most elementary classroom teachers feel really comfortable about. And so that is one of the things that I, I would do want to do is have them look at themselves as a, as a mathematics learner and as a mathematics teacher in that realm, and then think about their actions and how that impacts the students in their classrooms. So I, I think that that empowerment, it, it can really um, make a lot of growth and changes one when students and teachers and leaders believe that kids can actually do the math and learn and um, get rid of that deficit thinking and that that deficit mindset. That's a pretty worthy ad there, Natalie. I couldn't agree with you more. And really helping our pre-service teachers among so many others, you know, realize this is, is such important work of math leaders. So thank you for that. Yeah, I agree. I think empowerment for me is something that it's consistent, like it's never done. You're always working on it as a leader um, of mathematics. And like, ultimately we want every student and every adult we serve to see themselves as mathematicians and to see themselves in the mathematics as well. So pretty exciting stuff. So thank you both for sharing your expertise on the writing team and taking time with us today. Um, just so you know, if you're listening to this and you're a current NCSM member, you can pre-order the book at um, bit.ly, so bit.ly slash capital E, capital A, four, essential action four is what it stands for, EA4, then all lowercase pre-order till September 1st for $20. You'll need to log into your NCSM member account to get the great discount. Um, if you forget and you hear this uh, podcast after September 1st, You'll be able, to be able to start purchasing the book at the conference, and it will be on the NCSM website a few weeks later. That's right. And don't forget, registration is open for the NCSM annual in Anaheim. Coming up in just a few weeks, there's no bit.ly for that. Just go to mathedleadership.org, get registered, and get a couple of friends, like 20 or more, Perfect. to come with you. That's right. That's right. So thank you again for joining us today. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, guys. We hope you have been inspired by this bold mathematics leadership conversation and will tune into our podcast series each month. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. You can learn more about NCSM leadership in mathematics education and our upcoming professional learning events on the NCSM website at mathedleadership.org. You can also follow NCSM on Twitter at mathedleaders using the hashtag NCSMBold. Thanks again.